Hello everybody, I'm Dan Murrow here with my review of Godzilla Minus One. I am actually back here in the studio. This is not a pre-tape. We had a fantastic trip to New Zealand and I look forward to sharing more about that in the weeks to come. But there is so much to get to. I have about literally two dozen movies to watch for award season that came in while I was away. In addition to the new stuff that's coming out and trying to catch up on stuff for the channel, charts and streaming charts. So you're going to get used to this face because I'm going to be on here a lot. I've got this review. I think I have another review that I'm going to try to get out today. And I may have another review on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in addition to charts and everything. I want to catch up on things like Wish as well as a lot of these newer movies movies that are coming out. So get used to it because I'm going to be making up for lost time. Thanks to everybody for being patient while I was gone. It was actually a nice extended break. I love you all and I love working on the channel, but it was also nice to see another country and all of that stuff. But we'll get to the mushy stuff later. Let's get to Godzilla minus one, which is opening here in the United States this weekend. It is the first live action Godzilla film from Japan's Toho Studios since 2016. Shin Godzilla following an agreement with Legendary not to make a Godzilla movie until after the year 2020. And this movie is from writer-director Takashi Yamazaki, also the writer-director of the Always Sunset on 3rd Street and Stand By Me Doraemon films. Godzilla Minus One is being released in Godzilla's 70th anniversary year and many people think of the origins of Godzilla as being back in the 1950s. That's when the first movie was set. But this movie takes the Godzilla story back even further to post-war 1940s Japan with still traumatized citizens facing a new threat to a country that's still largely in tatters from World War II. Our protagonist is Koichi Shikishima, a Japanese kamikaze pilot who came home from the war, which is already a stain on his honor. If the original Godzilla film in 1954 was about post-war atomic fear, this movie is largely about post-war guilt and the ability to carry on with your life after so many other people have died. Shikishima's struggles reflect Japan's as he grapples with how to rediscover himself and carry on in the face of his own PTSD and trauma. His past returns to haunt him when Godzilla, a creature with which he had a brief encounter in the waning days of World War II, returns to threaten mainland Japan for the first time. It's not explicitly stated that this movie is a prequel or a reboot of some sort, but the Godzilla franchise largely has never really been about establishing a franchise chronology. And this movie works best when Godzilla is an unknown, a mysterious and threatening invader, and it works well largely because of that. This is not your friendly Godzilla or your anti-hero Godzilla or a Godzilla that's misunderstood. This goes back to Godzilla's roots as a terrifying monster, an unknowable force of nature that seemingly exists only to destroy and annihilate everything in its path. Godzilla is a primal scream from the depths of the sea that spurs a ragtag group of sailors, pretty much some of the only people left in Japan that have real-world combat skills, to band together and figure out a way to defeat this monster before it wipes out what little Japan has left. I really like the idea of setting this movie right after World War II because it allows the film to explore the citizens of Japan who are shell-shocked not just because of the war, but because of the damage it has done to their own faith in the institutions 
of Japan. The Japanese military isn't responding to try to defeat Godzilla because the system is broken. And what we're seeing are people who are responding to defend their country, not out of loyalty to its government, but out of loyalty to each other and to the people that they love. It's patriotism that is steeped in the love of your neighbor and not the love of the government. And I think that that is kind of refreshing, not just in the Godzilla movie, but in any movie that's about a country banding together to overcome some great problem. It sounds a little heavy, and sometimes it is, but this Godzilla movie is able to mix these heavier themes with everything that you've come to expect from a typical Godzilla film. You have the music, the destruction, the grave discussions about how to defeat the monster, and of course Godzilla's trademarks, including a terrifyingly designed atomic breath that induces actual atomic blasts. Another touch that hits even harder by setting this film just after World War II. The horror that you see on the characters' faces when they see this destruction that Godzilla brings doesn't really need any explanation. It's the realization of their greatest fears. It is an atomic horror revisiting Japan, but this time it's a horror that can't be surrendered to or negotiated with. It has to be defeated. I'm not a massive fan of the Godzilla series, not because I don't like the movies, but because I haven't seen the majority of them. I'd say I've seen what people would consider to be the big ones, the key Godzilla movies. And I found across all different eras that I generally enjoy the film to the degree that the human characters are able to engage me when Godzilla is not on screen, which is usually the majority of the screen time. It's one of the reasons that I liked 2014's Godzilla, the US version, more than a lot of other people did because I actually liked those human characters and I enjoyed the time that was spent off screen. I wasn't sitting there waiting to see when Godzilla was going to show up again. And I found that to be true across all of the different decades. Similarly, I liked this movie a lot because it also gave me something to care about with the human characters. It's not easy to juggle kaiju action with somber reflections on survivor's guilt and post-war trauma, but the movie's able to do it, largely by allowing Godzilla to be unquestionably fearsome and evil. He's the worst nightmare of so many of these characters, and it makes their interactions with each other and the stakes of their battles against Godzilla that much higher. It's a strong balance of drama, creature action, nods to Godzilla's legacy, and also impressive filmmaking. Godzilla's scale is particularly well-drawn in the movie, and there are glimpses of Yamazaki's influences, including one seafaring sequence that gave me strong Jaws vibes. I may not have seen every Godzilla film, but this is one of the best Godzilla films that I have seen. I think it's worthy to come out in celebration of the 70th anniversary of the franchise. And I think it's also a movie that shows you the potential of Godzilla and the different ways that you can portray Godzilla even 70 years, seven decades after the character and the series first debuted. So on my personal scale, I'm giving Godzilla Minus One an easy, it's good rating. And if you are a super fan or even just a fan of the Godzilla series, I think you are especially going to enjoy it. It has wide release here in the United States after a release in Japan earlier this year. And it's on a lot of IMAX screens. So for once, you may not have to look very hard to find Godzilla Minus One. It has my easy recommendation. And there are other movies that are also in theaters this weekend, including one that I'm going to be reviewing later today, the latest 
latest film from John Woo called Silent Night, and there will be reviews of other movies, both new and some releases that came out while I was away in New Zealand, so you can stay tuned right here on the channel for that, as well as Charts with Dan, which will be out on Tuesday at its regular time. I have a lot of stuff to catch up on, including the Marvels and all of the box office news that's happened over the last month, so a busy few weeks here on the channel, but I think it's going to be fun. Thanks so much for watching this review of Godzilla Minus One. Stay tuned very soon for much, much more, and thanks for spending part of your day here with me. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Asante came to TurboTax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town. My hands are full all day, every day. I love it. Asante, as your TurboTax expert, I'll make your moves count, guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and your maximum refund. Sound good? Yes, expert! Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.